Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dal Maxfield joins us on the hotline, Dal, of uh, former big leaguer, many years with the St. Louis Cardinals, lots of time in the front office as well in uh, Major League Baseball. And, uh, Dow, I'm a big-time Cardinals fan, so my son Jeff has been working to get former Cardinals on the show here the past couple of weeks. Uh, welcome in. Good to have you on. Well, thank you. It's uh, nice, to, nice to be with you folks. So I uh, became a Cardinals fan in 1963. You'd already broken in with them a season earlier. Uh, so you'd got to, you, you got to spend some time uh, on the team with Stan Musial. So what was that like? Well, that was uh, like most uh, young boys uh, in, in that time in the St. Louis area. Uh, Stan was my idol. Uh, you know, everybody wanted to have that stance when he was trying to hit. and Everybody wanted to be uh, Stan Musial, and I was no exception. I grew up in a small town across the river from St. Louis, about 15 minutes from the old Sportsman's Park. So I was, uh, I was also a Cardinal fan. From day one, and uh, uh, Stan was my uh, my idol and my hero. Was there was there ever any doubt, Dow, that you would end up with the Cardinals? I know back then it was kind of a regional thing. You'd kind of get seen and found by guys near you. Was was it always going to be the Cardinals for you, or the other teams come calling? How did uh, how did you end up in uh, St. Louis with the Cardinals? Well, uh, you know, I'd like to say. Uh, I was highly scouted and highly <laughs> sought after, but I'd be lying to you. Uh, I was uh, just finished my senior year at Otter Washington University. I went there before I started playing baseball. And uh, <clears throat> my coach uh, asked me, he knew I wanted to play professional baseball. His, Herb Utz was his name. And I said, uh, I said I'd like to play, but I uh, don't have too many people knocking on the door. And, he said, well, the Cardinals have a tryout camp uh, at Sportsman's Park here uh, in a few days. Um, if you want to go to that, I'll call and see if I can get you invited to that. Well, um, Mr. Utz, uh, the coach, called uh, the Cardinals, got me invited to the tryout camp. I went down to the tryout camp. It was a two-day camp. The first day we played games like you always do, and uh, – uh, I did I did all right, and they invited me back for the second day. And when I got to the ballpark the next day, um, they they uh, I was all dressed and ready to go out and do whatever they wanted me to do. And they said uh, we had a guy 
up in uh, Winnipeg that broke his arm. Uh, we need a shortstop to go up there uh, right now. And I, he's, they said, can you uh, go home and uh, pack your suits and uh, uh, go on up to Winnipeg? I said, I don't have to pack my suit. I don't, as a matter of fact, I don't even have a suit. Uh, <laughs> so I will, uh, I'll, I'll head to the airport whenever you want me to. So um, they, uh, they said, let's go and handed me an airline ticket. I went home and told my uh, wife and my mom and my dad, I, I said, I'm going to Winnipeg. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I get up there and uh, you can come join me talking to my wife. And uh, so I went to Winnipeg and uh, played baseball in the class C league. It was the Northern league at the time. And uh, uh, got very, very fortunate uh, played played there and played in a few other places in the minor leagues and uh, somehow or other uh, ended up uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, Dal, I got to ask you because I'm Canadian. So how did you enjoy Winnipeg? <laughs> Loved it. What a great city. Uh, it was a little uh, cold up there still <laughs> in the, uh, in yeah. June at, uh, you know, at, uh, uh, that, that was the only uh, uh, downside to it, but it warmed up in the summer up there and, uh, no, I like Winnipeg a lot. Matter of fact, my uh, my wife was a um, a Canadian girl born in uh, Saskatchewan and moved down to the states when her dad was um, a bricklayer and moved down to the states uh, to pursue a, a job. And I met her in high school, and uh, we ended up getting married. And uh, so she joined me in Winnipeg shortly thereafter. Now, Maxville, our guest, former St. Louis Cardinal a part of a lot of winning teams in St. Louis, and then also uh, as a front office person with the Oakland Athletics, also a player. Uh, so I got to ask you about my formative years were the 60s, especially those years where the Cardinals uh, were winning in 67 and 68. Just such a star-studded team with Gibson and Brock and Flood and McCarver and all the, all the guys you played with. Uh, how... How much does that still stick with you today and the legacies of those great Cardinals players? Well, uh, you know, I've, I've had a chance to think about that a lot uh, recently with so many of the uh, fellows that you just mentioned uh, passing away. I, I was saddened when uh, Gibby and uh, Brock died here several years, three years, four years ago, and then McCarver and uh, – and Shannon uh, dying here within the last year. And uh, Flood had died earlier in the 90s there, and and as had Roger Maris. Roger died. Uh, Roger was part of those uh, clubs, as a big part of those clubs in 67, 68, as you know. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I look at that lineup uh, we had, and uh, it's just myself, uh, Julian Javier, and uh, Orlando Cepeda, are still uh, still upright and walking, and uh, I uh, I certainly miss all those fellows. They were uh, a real fine uh, players, a very professional bunch, uh, knew their jobs and did their jobs every day, and uh, it showed on the field because we were uh, very successful, as you mentioned before, winning uh, pennants and World Series there in the 60s. You also built a couple teams as general manager that went to the World Series. I'm I'm curious generally what was that like 
to go along with uh, Whitey Herzog and his vision for the team. And what was your relationship like with Whitey? Oh, he was Whitey was a good guy. Uh, I still uh, I, I haven't seen him lately. I know he's uh, uh, had a few uh, uh, physical problems, but uh, uh, you know Whitey and I got along real well. He was uh, uh, a very good manager, uh, a good guy, a lot of fun to be around. And, uh, you know, when, when it got to be time to play baseball, he, he only had one rule, uh, be on time. He told the players, be on time. Don't be late. And nobody was late, believe me. Or they would have uh, caught it big time from Hawaii. And, uh, but, yeah, he's a good manager, a good fellow. I, I uh, haven't talked to him in some time now because of his uh, physical uh, problems. But, uh uh, he's he's a good guy. Former Cardinal Dal Maxville, our guest. So, yeah, I love those 60s teams. Uh, I may have loved the 80s teams just as much or more uh, because of the way they played whitey ball. Could a team play like that in today's game, Dal, and, and succeed? Oh, well, yeah. If You uh, <laughs> you have to have some guys that can uh, run uh, pretty good. You know, uh, whitey ball was uh, actually uh, – what happened with the Cardinals back in the forties, uh, you know, when they had the, they call them the St. Louis Swifties back then when the Cardinals were winning pennants back in the forties uh, with uh, Stan and red and Whitey Karowski and uh, on that whole bunch. And they, they were all uh, very aggressive on the bases and that's where uh, Whitey ball originated. Uh, and Whitey just kept it going there. Uh, um, in the 80s, and we were very successful uh, for uh, several years there, winning some pennants and uh, World Series. Before we let you go, I have to ask you about Bob Gibson because uh, he made such an impression on me. He's my favorite all-time athlete. I adored him and the way he competed. What was it like to play shortstop behind him? Well, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> besides it being fun, it was kind of easy, to be honest with you, because <laughs> he struck out so many guys. You didn't worry about too many balls being hit to you. He, you know, he struck out 9, 10, 11 guys a game. Sometimes, even in a World Series, struck out 17. So that was only uh, 10 more outs you had to get somehow out there. And, uh, yeah, Gibby was uh, a, a very aggressive guy. He... Uh, he was a hundred percent out on the mound. Gave it every everything he had, every pitch, uh, and expected everybody else to do that too. And uh, we did, you know, because uh, if if somebody uh, let up or uh, didn't didn't appear to be giving it their best shot, they were going to hear about it from not only Gibby but everybody else on the ball club. We had real real good bunch, and that uh, just as I said before, very professional and. Uh, uh, played the game the way it was supposed to be played, uh, hustled all the time, and uh, uh, we had a great deal of success. But yeah, Gibby, uh, he was a beauty. He, I, I did enjoy playing behind him because he, uh, you know, if a guy got a hit off him or uh, uh, or swung real hard and missed a pitch or something, and didn't, uh, Gibby didn't like the way uh, he's he took a took a whack at at a pitch. He would. Uh, well, he knocked the guy on his rear end with the next pitch. You know, it was <laughs> kind of kind of fun to watch that. I, you know, I knew I knew most of the time when he was going to deck somebody, and it's uh, 
it's, uh, it was always kind of fun to watch a guy try to get out of the way of a baseball when, uh, you know, he's up there trying to hit the ball. And I knew there was no way he was going to hit it uh, because it was going to be at him. And, uh, but it was fun. Good, good bunch, good teams. Um, and I, I tell you what, I, I was lucky enough to uh, end up going to the Oakland A's and I spent the better part of four seasons with them on, and was with the, uh, several World Series teams with them. Uh, and at 72, uh, 74, 73, and 75, I was out there with them. And uh, but uh, I tell you, they they had an awfully good ball club too. And I would have loved to have seen uh, one of those clubs in those years when they were so good playing the Cardinal key, uh, team of the 60s when we were uh, also very good. That that would have been a heck of a World that Series. That would have been fun. Those, yeah, those two two clubs were pretty good pretty good players so Dal, real quick just take us into what it was like to be a shortstop in that era obviously it's been a important position for the entirety of the history of baseball but you really had to flash some leather you really had to be a great glove guy to play shortstop when you did right well that uh, you know the game's changed uh, as you probably have uh, and that's why you asked the question of course because uh, uh yeah back then uh, the shortstop second baseman uh were uh, smaller uh, and uh, good fielders. Uh, they, you know, they, they didn't care a whole lot about how much guys hit at shortstop back then. They just wanted to make sure uh, when a when a pitcher was able to get a ground ball hit to the infield or uh, short or second base that uh, that turned out to be an out. And uh, but I tell you now it's uh, it's a little different. Um, the guys have all gotten so big. You know, right now you got guys that are six three, six four. Uh, I think there's even one six foot seven inch shortstop somewhere. Six foot seven inch shortstop, and uh, um, you know, I, I assume he's uh, um, a, a very fine player. He's in the big leagues, and uh, but I just wonder how easy it is for a guy six foot seven inches to uh, cover some ground. You know what I'm saying, and and be a uh, have the agility uh, that's necessary. To play the position but uh as i said the game's changed uh, back when i was playing i think the average average height uh, was probably six one uh and uh, uh now i'm sure the average height in the major leagues is somewhere around six four six five all the pitchers are six five six 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 seven and uh you know that's it's just a it's a different game that way still a great game don't get me wrong i'm not downing uh, the, the players of today or, or the way the game's being played. But bottom line, it's uh, it's uh, very much different than it was uh, when I was out there trying to compete. Well, Dal, it's been a great pleasure. We appreciate you coming on. I will tell you that I always loved it when they hit the ball to you because I knew you would handle it and get an out. So thank you for your incredible uh, fielding for the Cardinals. You, you saved me a lot of heartache. Well, well, thank you. That's very kind of you, and uh, I enjoyed talking with you. Take you, care. You folks, have a good day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.